Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. We have a new guest in the studio. He's a man from Washington, D.C., USA, but he's a Kenyan. He's here. We've talked to him several times before online. Danson Mukile is a Kenyan IT expert and policy strategist who is a resident of Washington, D.C., USA. We've talked to him several times before uh, from Washington via video link, uh, talking about issues of diaspora and diaspora relations. Now he's with us live in studio. Good morning. Good morning. Karibu Kenya. Asante Banalatif. Yeah. Yes. How long have you been in the country now? Uh, about three weeks. Mm, yeah. Okay. And it's quite an experience. Mm. Quite an experience. Yeah. Explain so many changes. You know, uh, when I was here, there was no expressway. The, the expressway. Mm -hmm. Now it is more of your uh, LA. You know, you feel it's really when you, you know, I was just even telling people that uh, Kenya is really moving. Mm very far mm. yeah you can feel it you can feel it if you can have this kind of infrastructure in place mm. the trajectory is really good mm. good yeah of course you knew about it because you follow a lot of what's happening around the country and you knew from the moment the contract was signed yeah. to construct the expressway to the moment the president uh, commission, commissioned it to the moment the president launched it. You knew about it, and Kenyans talking yes. about it, and and us guys complaining about the mess that was left below, <laughs> below ground. Yeah. But um, you're here because the times that we've talked to you, we've been talking about the diaspora, and how Kenyans living and working outside of Kenyan borders um, have been contributing. Now we've just seen the latest statistic from CBK: 500 billion shillings contributed in a year by Kenyans working abroad. This is more than all the others combined and multiplied by two. So you are actually the biggest foreign exchange earner for this country. Yes. You who send money back home. Uh, you who want to interact with your family that you've left back home. Yeah. Now you've been organizing yourselves and saying we want to participate some more in how uh, affairs are run in the country, in how the government is run, in how our people are getting services. Of course, that was heard by the new administration. They have set up a state department for diaspora yes. affairs. What do you think of that? I so far, with the work that the state department has been doing so far. I think they are, they are doing quite a good job. Uh, so far, they are engaging all other stakeholders. And I just, I'll just say that uh, the fi almost 500 billion we have contributed with, uh, has been done with zero policy. There has never been any diaspora policy on remittances. So with now the new administration and our suggestion on um, changes in the policy to make us contribute more, I think the, the request the president has asked the diasporians of sending about one trillion, it can be achieved. There are various ways, including um, introducing the repatriation savings, which whereby right now if I have one billion dollars in US and want to bring it in Kenya. It's quite a process. Mm. So there's some limitation on how we can bring our savings and that's an area I think the State Department is working, you know, 
with KRA. KRA is trying to develop you know, policies around uh, remittances because like a new, it's a new game, you know. Mm. They, we were focusing on FDIs and FDIs, they're kind of... FDIs? Oh, foreign direct investment. Thank you very much. Yeah. America, because I'm an FDI and I'm getting the FBI. <laughs> That's what I had. Yeah. <laughs> bringing the FBI. Yeah, yeah. now we have the, we call them the DDIs. Mm-hmm. That's Diaspora Direct Investment. Right. So it's like now changing the whole system. And uh, I think we are leading the East Africa region mm. for their remittances. And Nigeria is the one actually leading for the whole continent. Mm. Yeah. Let's break this down per month. Let's look at what happened in December. And this is December 2022. Diaspora remittances to Kenya hit an all-time high of $350 million. That was in December, which equals $39.7 billion. That was in December. And then we saw in November that we're looking at $36.2 billion. So now this is an understanding of how progressively we got to that. In the year 2022, Kenyans were sending back this money the majority of this amount comes from the united states and it split germany the uk etc etc now when you talk about saying we've been requested to double this number this money that's being sent home it's not as though everything you earn and using yourself as an example plus people in the circles that we've spoken to it's not as though everything you earn is now then being sent back home i mean you're still all right isn't it you're still living life you're still making life happen so this is actually money that you're sending back home and you're still able to live comfortably so that says a lot yeah in what form is this money coming home i mean it's not just money that's being sent to relatives and things like that but what form what form is this money coming back to kenya so uh, right now i think we are utilizing the fintech Mm. uh, the digital um system that have been set up Mm. uh for example we have various uh, there are ways we send, but majorly through the MPSA. No, no, no. I yeah. mean, yeah. are people buying homes? Are people buying land? Oh, okay. Are people supporting their families? Mm-hmm. Are people setting up businesses with this money? How is it then being realized in the country? Mm. So I, I think that is an area we need to do research because mm. as much as we are sending, we collect data that money is coming in. <clears throat> but the impact of that remittances has not been done so well. From my own experience, as a person who has been sending money, majority has been going to the education sector. Mm-hmm. So supporting our family in the in schools, mm-hmm. paying for their school fees, mm-hmm. and also the medical part of it. Mm-hmm. So you realize that we don't have a specific area that has the research than how, how is this remittances? Which sector is it impacting? If it is education, how do we, you know, make it much better. Mm. And that is when now we have the, the State Department that's now going to look at that particular area on how specifically when Danson sends $100, you know, which area is he targeting? Mm. If we have 1 million Dansons doing the same, mm-hmm. which area? And also in specific country, U.S., what mm-hmm. are they targeting in Kenya? U.K., what they normally... F- so it's an area that hasn't been uh, done research you don't have specific data for that so far mm. so when the request is that this 500 billion please diasporans mm. let it become a trillion what is that request accompanied by that this is what then we will do for you well, i mean or how can we make it easier for you or then how can we safeguard if it's savings or things like that when the request is made does it is it accompanied by um, for example when the president visited in washington dc mm. he shared his uh, housing plan housing program he has mm. and he encourages us to to buy homes you know so that is a way we can we can focus because if he's giving us that opportunity that we can buy homes through the government mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm not a victim, but many of my friends are victims of of being you Most know homes. proud you know yes. mm-hmm. but there's nothing going on mm. so now that that is an area he has set up will you know it brings trust among people i will know that i'm working with the government they have these uh, houses ready so if i send my remittances specifically for houses it's something they have done for us so we have so many incentives that um, they will be focusing on you know maybe the specific project and also they are looking at the bonds also mm-hmm. the diaspora bonds mm-hmm. so that's also an area that we really encourage us to you know to send money mm-hmm. then also the services you know we are human and in the diaspora we go through issues you know issues are in specific country the issues in US there are a bit different from the issues in Saudi so we have seen the now the government is taking action and it's not just one person you see the the CS from labor the CS uh, from foreign af- foreign diaspora affairs coming and listening to us and trying to sort out issues so it encourages me you know if um, I'm receiving the government services then mm. I'll, I'll freely send my money back home sure. to that specific sector sure yeah mm-hmm. you know whenever you talk about the role that the diaspora plays yeah and you have a specific peg in this case it's the amount of money and you ask yourself the simple question when we look at the emphasis that is given to the creation of a ministry and what the ministry is supposed to do much as we laud the idea that we have a state department for diaspora i'm beginning this by saying that we actually ought to have had a complete not a state department a ministry because if there is no other ministry whether it's agriculture you you just name it whether it's mining whether, whichever ministry we have in this country and people with all the resources they have do not generate the sort of money the diaspora uh, produces then everything that we're saying here in terms of understanding how to harness this understanding how this can best be placed so that it can actually help the economy propel in the direction we want that won't happen a state department is inadequate it needs to be a fully fledged ministry now that having been said if you had a ministry then what that would also mean is that the representation that we have in terms of a desk or a position in our various embassies would also come into being so this idea of being able to connect directly with the country should we say would in my opinion would become infinitely easier okay now if that were to happen Do you think that that particular step would then make it possible for the 1 trillion shilling target that you mentioned would it make it easier or would it help bring that reality of the 1 trillion shilling closer I agree with you um if you look at the Kenya Kwanza manifesto mm. and I'm so proud that I was part of the conversation for diaspora manifesto the first one is create ministry for diaspora however you know the president and his wisdom you know he started doing engagements and uh, we realized that it it's not it's not a, it's a dream that will come to reality and he gave us an option of the state department which we really appreciate because as a child when um, you ask your father give us give me this give me this one this me this, he will he'll analyze and say you know nigani nitanza nayo as much as i'm going to give everything so he looked at various ways including the budget and also as we speak uh, 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 we don't have any legislation for the diaspora we have zero 
So it will be so hard to start off, you know, the ministry without zero legislation. So mm. those one need to be put into place. But it is going to happen. We are going to have, because we cannot be the first foreign exchange earner from the diaspora and our issues cannot be put. We just, you know, it will happen, I'm very sure. You know why I'm asking you this? Mm. You're telling me about the impossibilities. And I'm wondering, why are the impossibilities? Why is there? We, we legislate for everything, even the direction in which ants walk on a cold day. Okay? Why are you telling me that it is not that the legislation, because the legislation has not taken place, really? legislation if the intent was there don't you think given the uh, sort of money we're talking about that this is one of those things that could have been fast-tracked so, so uh, i'll say that uh, the previous administrations they, they didn't give attention to their diaspora so they ignored much. it completely they you're being completely. polite they just took it for granted and assumed the money is coming and that's good enough yeah but yes. now the current one uh, led by the president he has listened to us he has sent his team to us. He's, you know, actually when we heard that uh, during the campaign, I was, here on, I was interviewed here and then you asked me, mm. this politician, they just say things, you know, will they really make it, act, you know? I said, well, now listen to the president, William Ruto. He's quite different. And I told you, he's going to do it. Now we have his state department. Now we have a committee for diaspora um, affairs and workers, something that, is, that wasn't there. So with this positive um, things we have seen from the administration, I think other will be actualized. I'm a dog with a bone on this one. Huh? Yeah. Recently, the president asked parliament to fast track a certain process, that of creating the office of the opposition. Okay? Yeah. Told parliament specifically, we'd like this because I'd like my government to be put in check. I'd like a check and balance. I, I want this sort of thing done because it's good for the country. The point I'm making is simple one, then I will not repeat it again. And that is, if there is a will to get something done, okay, we are used to things not being done. So when a step is made in the right direction, we laud the process, but we assume it is a wonderful thing, and yet it is not quite what we wanted. City. <laughs> why, why are you so frustrated? You see... I am, there's a ministry of diaspora. I am looking... Let's start from there. There's a ministry of diaspora now, okay? It is. It has a minister, it has a PS, it has uh, officers working under it. It has a mandate and a clear role. And it has begun developing a policy on diaspora affairs upon which legislation will be hinged and programs are going to be hinged. That is already a progress something in progress why, why are you not happy it's not a question of unhappiness yeah. <laughs> it's a question of dissatisfaction uh -huh. why are you dissatisfied the dissatisfaction comes about as a result of this eh? mm. i am looking at a, a goose that all lays very many golden eggs mm. really quickly chop, chop. and i'm looking at the slow process because it is slow in my head mm of trying to harness so that this goose doesn't just lay eggs. It lays eggs that produce other gooses or geese. So yes. what, okay? what do you hope to have seen in the last 120 days? I'm pegging it uh, uh, on the same, same, same mantra, the process mm. that we have followed in trying to create an office of the opposition. Which nothing has happened so far. Is that, you, you've gotten my so, point so exactly. He has written to the par to parliament. The speaker has told committees, please guys, look at this thing, let's discuss. They have not yet started discussing. 
the policy is under development yeah is it this one is faster no you see <laughs> no 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 the again forgive me if i sound negative but mm. i really am not impressed with mere words and statements that things are being done it, mm. it doesn't do much for me because we hear too much of it it's all over the place and it's all over the place on very many important issues now this is not something it's not an aspirational process mm. this is something that we are seeing the benefit is clear it's so clear even if you're blind you can see it so the efforts that are being made can't be the mundane normal efforts we make towards things that we want done <laughs> it has to be something that even you look at and you say hey here something man this one the, 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 this one it's uh, like a stop press like government halt everything yes, all yeah. of you come more to this or less, room. let's focus on this we're thing. discussing this thing yes because this thing here even as we're talking about all these many things this thing is doing something great for us and has the potential of giving us the sort of money we keep talking about and yet it exists mm. so why don't we channel our energy so that we actually realize and harvest and harness the full benefits of it that is really what i'm saying has there been um done some organized meeting between this state department for diaspora affairs and any organization of kenyans abroad like do you know whether kenyans in denmark or kenyans in europe have been told all right the ps uh rosalind jogu is coming on this day and she'll come with a team and she'll want to pick your views on issues one, two, three, four. And then from there, she'll cross over the pond to America. She'll meet Kina Danson and the others. She'll listen to this and then she'll pass by the Middle East. She'll have, is there such a... Yeah, so because that's what it is. I mean, if there was something like that, then you can say things yes. are happening. So you realize that uh, when the PS was appointed, mm. immediately the president had a, a trip to, to the US. Mm. She accompanied him. Mm -hmm. So that was like her first maiden uh, trip as the PS. She to orientation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she met us. She interacted with the, the different because uh, diaspora has uh, many organizations. Mm. So many. We don't have like a united umbrella of which we are really working on, on uniting ourselves under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. But it's a really long conversation. No, don't. We you don't know? have one party in Kenya. Why yeah. do you want to have one yes. party in the diaspora? Mm. Sure. Wait, when you talk of it, it's not like a political party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, <laughs> even Boda Bodas don't have one association. But yes. Even Matatu is doing the same route. There's route. a similar thread of understanding that even runs Uber. through. Even yeah. yeah. Okay. As in so, so she has, she has mm. been those there. Ubers. Mm. So she has been there. Mm. Uh, she started there. She met us. We had a conversation. But you see, she was appointed. Then she left the country. Now she came back, she's like putting her house in order. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is a whole new department. Okay. So she's organizing. I'm very sure um, sh she'll be out. She'll be coming to us in various parts of the country. Can we take those markets where we're seeing these large numbers coming from? Unfortunately, it looks as though, you know, it's after the money, but the money is actually the major driver of this conversation as per why it's happening in the manner in which it is, because then it gives way to development. So many other things then can happen as a result of it. So we focus on those markets, the US, the UK, Germany, Australia, and then in some small part, uh, the Netherlands. And South Africa. And South Africa. Do you have... Even if it is one man, there is a dance on here, there's another one here, for whom this is very clear, for whom there is clarity. Who has been appointed? Just like we're talking about the associations of different groups, just take the border borders as an, this is an example. That if there is one 
person from an association in Gidurai comes to Nairobi, somebody comes from Machakos, they've all come with a similar thread of thinking in mind. So as the PSCS is putting her house in, in order, on this other side, for who understands where the prickly thorns are, who understands what it is that everybody needs, is the house in order on this side because without it, we'll be having this conversation for the next four years until somebody else comes in. And it's too important a thing to let slide. So on the side of the... As, as government is trying to figure out what they're doing, mm. uh, is this other side ready? Ready with everything that's needed? Or when they come and say, okay, guys, actually, we've put the office in place, now let's get going. And then people are going to start fumbling about, okay, actually, you know... Because it's really, really important. The people with the highest vested interest ought to be the most prepared. And that's the simple question that on this side, even if it's from the different markets, is there clarity of purpose? Yeah, so it is. I think it's clear. Mm. Um, you know, the, the conversation be began with us. Mm -hmm. We are the ones who approached the government. Mm -hmm. It's not the way other around. Okay. Mm -hmm. We told them that, uh, we told the, uh, the president that uh, this is what we want. Mm. This is what we have been doing for the country. And we want this. So we have our own internal structures in okay. the diaspora, okay. although in various organizations, mm -hmm. of course. And each each structure or each organization is trying to reach out uh, to the to the to now the state department, mm -hmm. presenting their views. So I'll say it's still you know we are it's a new baby you know we are trying to structure it, <laughs> and of course we know we are heading to. We really want to. Um, to bring more money mm -hmm. in Kenya and also take our family and friends out, you mm -hmm. know, because there's a lot of joblessness here mm -hmm. in Kenya. Mm -hmm. So we're also stretching ourselves out there. And uh, now that the whole conversations now, we have our own state department, we have our own bridge. So it, we are very excited that we are going to do more. And you need to know that this money that we send home, <coughs> majority, as you say, 55% comes from the US. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the jobs people do there, the majority who send support to their families, they're not like professional jobs. Right. You know, mm. these guys will be home care or caregivers. They'll be doing um, long distance trucks, you know, they be those odd jobs mm. and they send home. Mm -hmm. So the hustlers there, you know, and I, was, I told the guys that we have hustlers in diaspora, they're like, no. Not possible. The hustlers there, whatever they're sending back home, they need to receive services that the government is also offering. Mm. Sure. Mm. There, there's no need for me when I'm sending money to support um, my, my family, for example, school, yes. and then the policy that I put in, the, in, in education, they're not helping that person. Okay. Yeah. For example, you're talking about, for example, globalization of our education. Your friend finish or your family finish a degree here, but when it comes to US, yep, that degree that is not, not relevant. Mm. Yeah. So we need also that one structured in a way that let that country we live in recognize also what we do here. And that needs to come from. Yeah. yeah. All right. Through. Let's take a break. A minute made break. This is the Situation Room, the only way to start your day. Conversation continues with Danson Mukile, IT expert and a policy strategist based in Washington, USA, who's also among the leaders of Kenyans in the diaspora. He's here with us in the studio. We're talking about how else and how else Kenyans in the diaspora can be engaged with the government. How else we can actually look at increasing the diaspora remittances for the benefit of the country as well. So the president says, you know, if you're doing this, you can actually double it. And now is, that's why we're talking about looking at modalities of 
getting that to increase. One of those would be getting more Kenyans out there. We have very many Kenyans who are in country who are trained, who have a skill, who could go and work in all these other countries where the rest of you work. How do you think the government can facilitate more Kenyans going to live and work abroad? Uh, so there are various ways uh, the government can do and this should be specific by each country because each country has their own, you know, labor laws and regulations. And <clears throat> from the diaspora, we know the demand. For example, the U.S. Mm -hmm. and maybe extension Canada, healthcare is one of the areas that is in need of labor. Mm -hmm. So some of, and one of the challenges being um, our, our nurses, when they train here, they need to be in they need a qualification exam it's called mm. NECLEX. Mm. This center is in South Africa and in Mumbai. From those agencies who have been you know trying to help these uh, individuals to get this training, they spend almost 700k, almost a million, so that they can do that exam just to do the exam to do the exam. Then you start on the process of getting them out. Mm. So, this is an, an area that um, we have engaged, you know telling the, the leaders in various ministries, for example, the healthcare, that let us have this center here in, in Nairobi. Mm. We are able to do it. If we have that center set up here to be serving Eastern Central Africa, they are, they, the process is going on. I'm so happy that uh, the Ministry you know, of Health has taken it up. They are working so hard to make sure that you know, things go well. It was still actually going on. What does it take to get the centers here? So, um, because it's a private entity, mm. you know, we have to engage the direct um, people, who, the owners. They are based in UK. So, the ministry will be now engaging them and finding ways because they have their own requirements that the country has to meet and also the facility will be set up. Then once that one has been, you know, accomplished and set up ready, then we'll be now enrolling. And these nurses can start enrolling to do this exam. Mm. It's, it's also a long exam. You know, and uh, once they go, what we have been telling the, the, the ministry is that if we have someone who qualifies before they get opportunity outside there, mm. they can, you know, their salary maybe they can do some adjustment what they earn in the country mm. because they are ready for, for international. So, labor preparation has to be done to meet the, the international market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, we, they need to find ways which specific country their needs and which labor they can train for that specific country mm. yeah do you see a situation i mean or rather how would a situation play out um in which if we're saying the state department has been set up which it has then there are different i guess levels so you're dealing with remittances you're also dealing with job opportunities whereby there are agreements between, from, like you say, country-specific, one country to another. Do you see an instance whereby it could be seamless? I mean, of course, there are issues having to do with uh, traveling documents and things like that, but it could be seamless where country X has an agreement with Kenya and we say, look, we need this. We need a skilled labor force. Kenya has more than enough in terms of human resource than that are skilled that maybe just need to, whatever it is that they're looking for in terms of passing a requirement... Can it then be a seamless process whereby Kenyans are going, doing the work, and you still see those numbers rack up in the way that a government would want it to be? Can it be seamless? Having lived on the other side, 
uh, and still living there and yeah. working there. Can it be seamless? Yeah, it can be seamless. Um, it can work out. Mm. But uh, if I was to use the United States as an example, you know, this is a whole continent with various states. Mm. So the approach should not be like the whole country. We can narrow down to specific state. Mm -hmm. Like the needs of a state called Idaho mm. could be quite different from Maryland state. Mm. So if we narrow down to specific state and look at what they are looking, you know, the needs, um, what I like about the U.S., their data is normally public. Mm -hmm. They release it to people to read and so they can make decisions out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an area that can be seamless so that we can know um, the state of Massachusetts. They are looking at Kenya and say, uh, the government of Kenya give us a thousand nurses or mm. give us a thousand teachers. Mm. So it is it can be possible and we have agencies there. Kenyans, Kenyans are very smart. Mm -hmm. As, uh, they have set up agencies or organizations and they can actually, the government can tap. Mm. So it is just the government how they can approach us and say, um, I run a group home. I have 200 of them. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, certified by the state or mm -hmm. the and I want to, you know, I, I've been told I can hire. I can hire from yeah. my country, from for my example. Country, for example. Okay. So you have that. The government will be like, if you have Kenyans who are in the U.S., they have this business. Can you guys give them a leeway, you know, as the government of mm. U.S., they can bring our people in mm. for that specific. Uh, I think this is a discussion the president will be having, you know, with the U.S. Yeah. So it is possible. It can be seamless. Mm. Yeah. We have agencies in this country, for example, the National Employment Authority and the others, the Ministry of Labor itself. And, and much as we talk about all oh, policy this, policy the other, we, at the back of our minds, we also remind ourselves that we're talking about Kenyans and Kenyans who are in positions of authority and therefore positions of opportunity. That's what they look at. Many of the accusations that have, for example, been leveled against what's happening in the Middle East is these agencies that are taking people to, you know, to go and work in the Middle East. Who are the owners? Who are the persons behind these agencies? Why are these agencies, some of them, operating in such a shadowy manner? And allegations are rife that some of these people are well connected in with the people who are in authority, people who should be oversighting this process. So... As a diaspora, I, I think it's about also you making sure that you keep a spotlight on the individuals who are in office in these positions of authority to know what exactly what else they're involved in. Because it's just one bad apple and they spoil everything. Just one bad apple, one farmer uh, trying to export uh, immature avocados led to threat of the entire avocado market for Kenya being cancelled just because of such. So it's the same kind of thing. Now, I know you talked about, you know, the diaspora, we are many, we are not organized, but those that are, even as you talk about waiting for the government to do this and the other, I think it's also about time that you tell us about how those in the diaspora are organizing to have a proper check and balance for people who are in the diaspora and how they're engaging with Kenyans back home in terms of looking for opportunities and how they're engaging with the government. So that it's clear that there's a proper check and balance on what's happening. Yeah, what I can say in the diaspora, we have also the opposition. Mm. 
and <laughs> it's very rough uh-huh. yeah especially you utilize the media is super rough uh-huh. um they are doing that you know um they saw us campaigning for the president and they you know they believe you're in government mm. that this time so the checks and balances there in the diaspora they are doing the same although it is not a structured one you'll say you know but it is it is existing and what you are, when you talked about the agencies it is true we have those who are spoiling the broth you know we have those ones who are making the diaspora especially the middle east be like inhabitable for kenyans so there are few what you have realized is there are not many but now that um uh, the president is on them and you know he has given instructions that you need to remove them so they don't sell kenyan name in a bad way mm. i think the changes are going to happen and uh, even last week i think you saw the the ps and the cs for labor in the middle east and they went even to vi- for the first time you'll say government official going to that um holding facility mm. the shelter in, in sakana uh we have so many kenyans maybe from distress it it it's a progress you know is everything that is noted but those steps you know they are going to the conversation is going on i think the steps are going to make it happen but we just encourage uh especially like this a request from the ps that uh those people who are in the middle east if they if they can go to a hold that sakana place can go there they will receive the services there I think it's in public domain so as much as you want to be helped you know una saidia mwenye pia anajisaidia you know if you blame 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 but you're not being don't want to be part of the solution then you never get a solution to anything mm. you know yeah. what leads us to perhaps sometimes give prominence to some of these complaints that we speak of is we do take a leaf from countries like india philippines people who have policies that actually encourage this very same thing we're talking about they structure it there's you know there's a framework within which it works yeah. and so yes problems will arise there always individuals who want to do some crazy things those ones those exceptions are always there and what you're saying is encouraging in that the government sees the need and you can visibly see beyond the talk steps being taken yeah. but you see the proof of this particular pudding is when more and more results are coming in of positivity see the middle east has many issues but they're not the only place that we have uh, kenyans in yeah. why is it that we don't hear all these problems coming from the us why don't we hear them from canada why don't we hear them from the uk or why U- the middle uganda east? yes or, or tanzania or south africa why specifically the middle east so there the, the, there must be some problem there yeah. yes now i am saying that for the problem to have arisen to the point where it's in the public domain and it's as loud as we hear it this wrong thing that is now manifesting has been there for a long time it's just now it's gotten to a point where it it's just coming out okay now some of those issues individuals can't sort out even if they wanted to the government has to be involved very very directly and very very deliberately and yes it is true baby steps are being taken but What I was saying earlier on is that this isn't an issue that requires baby steps it requires strides because the individual efforts as we see them is what has led to people being out of the country anyway okay because there was no government policy about these things mm. now when you then structure it again I said I won't believe the points I want mm. so I'll leave that statement <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, 
But what the organizations in the diaspora are doing is good. The issue of speaking with one voice, that is always a work in progress. Because even within political parties that are known to be strong, there are diverging voices. Th that diversity is what makes these organizations strong. strong. Yeah. Yes. Because there'll be one group that is good at doing this, there'll be one that is good at doing the other. Not very long ago, we had a gentleman who is head of a, a diaspora caucus. And he told us that the things that he does, he is trained, certified, and he's the sort of person who enables long truck drive. If you're a truck driver, like if I now I'm tired of talking to people every day mm. and I want to be a truck driver in the US, he's the sort of guy I need to talk to. Okay? Yeah. Now, that's a speciality. Yes, he's working on it, but imagine just how that could be harnessed with what you just said. A structure where we know people who want to be in this line of business, yeah. this is the path that you follow. This is how you do it. Yeah. And that it's nestled here in Nairobi or here in Kenya, so that that process is clear. Danson, I almost almost hear CT saying, kind of like, there's so many things that excuse me, there's so many things that can be running parallel to waiting for government to sort out this. Mm. There's so many things that can be running. There's so many things that can be done that can you know even kickstart this process, even of having solving this joblessness issue on this side. And then having structured programs that run already. So when government finally gets its ducks in a row and is able to pick up on this thing, they have processes that are already running. So theirs is just to plug in and say, all right, then let's governmentalize this thing. Yes, give it that last, that last mile that push last that, that only the government has the might to, to do. do. Yeah, but yes. they've already found something that's moving, yeah. you know? I'll use an example of Nasi. Yeah, yeah. We have, as you say, we have Kenyans who are already doing this. Mm. They, are, they have agencies there, they normally get nurses from here, mm -hmm. but the only challenge they'll get is Gigiri, you know, the embassy. Mm -hmm. They'll have some, they have a lot of backlogs, mm -hmm. but they go through the whole process. Mm -hmm. But the backlog of visas become a problem. Mm -hmm. So it is existing. We have the structures that is going on in different niches mm -hmm. of the government programs. Mm -hmm. So now it's just the governor to plug in as you said mm. and say guys like i'll give an example of um healthcare mm. these are things we've already told the cs that this is what is going on these kenyans are taking kenyans you know they're they bringing kenyans in the us or uk or, or in europe now we just need this area mm. to be sorted yeah engage the government to government and so this then it so it is going on and we're just hoping even other kenyans in the diaspora they'll be tapping in different areas you know but <clears throat> sometimes people, because of the trust we have with the government, some people will be like, ah, Serekari mm, you know. Mm. So just even telling them, you know, guys, things are, you know, steps are being worked on for the first time. Mm. Since 1963, uh, there has never been this kind of conversation about the diaspora. We just be like, watume, watume, watume. Mm. Even the services you receive at the airport, it's quite, uh, you know, they don't even recognize mm. but mm. those are things you know we are putting into place that let us be treated in we don't require a lot of things someone just want even a treatment even when you come from the diaspora we are having our own functions we want to invite our leaders i have um i have i run a charity home <coughs> in machakos mm. i've been funding it i've been sending millions of shillings there I'm inviting you to attend this function that mm. I'm running as a leader. Mm. You understand? Mm. So those small things that the diasporians want, 
I think they can be accomplished and that one encourages more mm. to participate mm. because we have Kenyans who are really funding so many orphanages here, funding, you know, supporting so many groups in the country and they are never recognized by the government. Mm. Mm. So, and all they need is just like, a dance organization is here, it is doing this in, in Transway County, you know, this and this. So, I think these are things will be sorted out as we go. We have it. Uh, we have Kenyans who have been developing these policies for quite some time. It is existing, but just need the plug-in of the government. Sure. Yeah. If you talk about foreign aid, the hoops we jump through to ensure that IMF or whoever it is, whether it's South Korea or North Korea, whoever it is, who seems to have have some cash. Yes, and is agreeable to letting us have it. We make all sorts of concessions and allow them to do all sorts of things. This is what the diaspora does. They are actually helping the government in its services, which it is mandated to provide for its citizens. Now, such a partner is a powerful partner. This is really what I'm saying. I don't see the government jumping through the hoops. Um, I see them going through processes that government normally goes through. They start with many, many stories. Mm. Okay, then small, small steps follow, but stories. Okay, and I'm saying these hoops because when they jump hoops for IMF, World Bank, and all these people, it's not stories. Things are done. Okay, yeah, it's those hoops that I'm with. I want to see. You want to see those ones? Yes, if those are the hoops I want remember, to see. Remember, the South government it treats those Kenyans abroad as Kenyans here. Yeah. Kenyans abroad are contributing 500 billion shillings yes. a year. Hmm. Kenyans here are contributing two trillion shillings in the form of taxes. Do yes. You see the government jumping the hoops, the hoops for the one who's raising two trillion shillings. I don't see them jumping the hoops and you've got, you my man, mm-hmm. you've understood this thing perfectly and taken it to its logical conclusion. <laughs> That's really it. The government should be jumping through the hoops and treating us like the royalty we are because we treat them very well. <laughs> we give them a lot of money. We treat them really well. We don't even give them problems. Mm. Now we are going to allow them to spend 3.6 trillion shillings in the next financial year. Yes. You do what you want to do. How much That's what we do. And we just ask for a few things here and there. Make sure this is possible. We have medicine when we look for it. Yeah. Schools are affordable. Okay. The cost of things. These are small, small things we ask in exchange for this huge amount of money that we give them. Yeah. I would say that diasporians can really run a lot of things in the country. Mm. If, if the things you are asking the government to be done, there is no sector the diaspora cannot touch. You know, for example, we are talking about uh, just even you seeing one thing that uh, uh, you are shared with the, the, uh, the, when you are preparing the document, you said, why can't we see the diaspora as a market? Mm. If you are just to take Kenyan products and we feed them, and uh, there is a time I gave you statistics, if a dancer wakes up and eats Kenyan breakfast, mm. he might be spending twenty-five dollars mm. just in the morning alone. So, if we replicate that across the diaspora and we feed to a Kenyan products alone, it, it's, that's a huge amount of money in the country. So, I'll say there are various ways um, we can support the government, mm. and we are willing to do. The, you know, it's willing. Yeah. We are willing to do it, yeah. but we're also asking them to, to do something for us. Make sure that we facilitate it. Yeah. Danson, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Danson Mukele is an IT expert and a policy strategist. He lives and works in Washington, D.C., USA. He's here in the country. He's coming to the studio to talk about the thing that he loves to talk about. 
Diaspora Affairs. He's a leader of the Diaspora Association in the USA. We will keep having these conversations. We've also invited the PS for Diaspora Affairs to come and join us, and she's agreeable to that. She says, yeah, I'll just have a couple of engagements in the mornings, but when the opportunity uh, presents itself, she will be here. All those issues that you've been raising, we'll actually now give pass them on to her. Asante Sana for joining us. Thank you so much. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time.